0: Let's look at our scripture for today. It's Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we look at our lives today, August of 2021, what's your biggest struggle? I would say that you may have some of these struggles, but I would say these may not be your biggest. Financial stress, personal conflict, Addictive behavior and habits, pride, anger, impatience. These are struggles. I'm not minimizing them. But I think our biggest struggle right now that we have is anxiety, stress, or worry. That's the number one thing that quenches and steals our joy. We need to be aware of this. You know, there are so many things that we can be stressed about and worried about, right? We've got this pandemic that's been going on for, it seems like, forever. And things are going south again now with that. What about our families? All the things that are happening there. All the things with the financial. You you might know someone who lost their job. You might know someone who retired early. Uh, Those of you who are retired and have a Living on a fixed income, you're not worried about all of this. That's a wonderful worry not to have because you already have your retirement. Those of us who are not quite there, it's interesting times to say the least. And we look at those things, family, children, grandchildren, all these other things that we worry about. You know, the old English word from which we get our word for worry means to strangle. You know, and that's exactly what it does to us and to the joy in our lives. It strangles out the joy that God wants us to have. Now, let's look at who wrote this letter. It was Paul. Now, was Paul doing well in a place that was well and that he was having success when he wrote this letter? No. He was in prison in Rome awaiting a trial that could lead to his death. I wouldn't say that's a happy place. Would you? But what did he say? He said rejoice always and again I say rejoice. How can we do that? As this is the fourth chapter in this letter. And as he winds down this letter, he returns to his main theme. Chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. Rejoice in the Lord. Oh, he doesn't tell us just to rejoice, does he? How does he tell us to rejoice? We have to rejoice in the Lord, not in ourselves. We rejoice in the Lord in what he has done for us. Not in our circumstances or our situation, but in the Lord. Our focus must not be on us and our circumstances and our problems. Our focus must be on him at all times, no matter what we are facing. I would suggest that we are in him, surrounded by him, enveloped by him, protected by him, and securely held by him. If we've accepted Christ as our personal Savior, that's what God promises us, that he will hold us in the palm of his hand no matter what else is going on in life around us. We need to praise him at all times and rejoice in him, not in us, but in him. That's what Paul says. That's how he can rejoice. He's imprisoned, but yet he rejoices because he's secure in the knowledge of Jesus Christ as his Savior and Lord. Are you? Casting Crowns says it well in the song, Praise You in This Storm. It says, I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands, that you are who you are, no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand. You never left my side. And though my heart is torn, I will praise you in this storm. Wow. What powerful words. I will praise him in this storm, no matter what that storm is. Let's look at verse 5 says our reasonableness, our reasonableness should be visible to everyone, Christians and non-Christians. Verse 5, let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. The word translated reasonableness, what I've looked at really doesn't have an exact translation, but it could mean, could be rendered gentleness, considerateness, thoughtfulness, moderation, graciousness. Does everyone that you come in contact with see your reasonableness, see your graciousness? How do we do that? We do that in the strength of the Lord, don't we? We do that because God loves us and sent his son. Now at the end of it, there's one last phrase The Lord is at hand. The Lord is at hand. The Lord is near. The Lord is coming soon. The early Christians had this anticipation that the Lord is coming soon. We should have that anticipation also. Because we don't know the day, the time, the hour when our Lord is coming. But he tells us to be prepared, to be ready. The Lord is coming soon. And in our finite minds, we think soon means yesterday, maybe next hour. But in the Lord, a thousand years is as a day. He knows everything about us. He has us in the palm of his hand. We need to rejoice in that. We need to understand that we don't know that day, that time, that hour, But it is our responsibility to show our reasonableness, to show our witness to folks that we love God and that He first loved us, and that everyone around us needs to love God as well to accept Him as their Savior and Lord. The Lord is near, the Lord is coming soon. Hang on, don't give up, don't lose heart. It's hard to think this way, but you know something? Our troubles are not going to last forever because one day he's coming. To me, that's definitely a reason for rejoicing. I like old hymns. J. Wilbur Chapman uh, wrote this hymn, One Day When Heaven Was Filled With His Praises. I think the chorus says it all. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, Buried he carried my sins far away. Rising he justified freely forever. One day he's coming. Oh, glorious day. And that is a rejoicing. We need to rejoice in that promise. We also need to pray. Verse 6, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. You know, probably this is one of the most well-known verses in New Testament on prayer. Uh, It's a lot of strength and a lot of encouragement in these words. Now, you can paraphrase it, and I've heard it said, don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what what you need and thank him for all he has done for you. You know, that's easy to say, isn't it? We just need to pray and thank God. Sometimes that's very hard to actually do to apply that. The word for anxious means to be pulled in different directions. Isn't that how we feel? We're pulled in one way. Our hope pulls us in one direction, but our worries pull us in an opposite direction. We need to let go and let God, if you will. We must pray and bring our petitions to God. You know, God doesn't need to know what your petitions are and your needs are, does he? He already knows. It's not for his benefit that we pray to God. It's for our benefit because God has instructed us to bring our petitions, our needs to him. Not for his benefit, but for our benefit so that we can have that, time together with God. We can communicate with God. We need to obey God and bring our needs to Him. Our prayers are not only to petition God, um, you know, and it says with prayer and supplication, and a supplication is being earnest, not quite begging, but being earnest and wanting, asking for help. But we also... Um, thank God for the blessings we've already received we pray earnestly but we have received because the infallible promises of God for his loving care for all of our needs you know as you go through something you wonder where's God in the midst of all of this I've looked back at certain things and said in my life why is this happening to me why is this happening to my family What's, what's going on here I can look back with different eyes and go, God was there. He knew what was going on. He knew why I was going through this or why so-and-so was going through this. He taught me in those times because I had to rely on him. Don't you? When we go through troubling times, we need to rely on him in troubling times and also In good times, we need to rely on him as well. We need to thank him um, for loving care of all of our needs. I don't know whether it was my grandparents or or others that I heard in other generations who said, if your knees are shaking, kneel on them. I don't know whether you've heard that expression or not, but I've heard that. If your knees are shaking, kneel on them. You know, that doesn't mean that God is going to take away all of your problems or make them disappear He might. He's God. But what prayer does is gives us the proper perspective on who God is, what He promises, and how we can trust Him no matter what we are facing. And that definitely brings me joy. No matter what, He loves us. He cares for us. He has us in the palm of His hand. And that brings me joy. Joy because we realize that our God is huge. We can't fathom how good our God is. We can't fathom how awesome he is. We see a piece, a very small piece. One day when we're in heaven, we'll understand. But right now, we see a piece. We realize our God is huge. Joy because we realize that he is with us and he will never leave us. He said, I am with you always, even until the end of the earth. God is with us at all time. Now, verse 7, we need to find God's peace. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. As we praise God in the midst of the storms, as we stand on his unchanging promises, as we continually come near to him in prayer we find that his peace that goes beyond our human ability to understand, we will become like a fortress around our hearts and our minds. The Holy Spirit gives us that peace. By the way, that's one of the fruits of the Spirit, peace, because he gives us power. Found Acts 1.8, uh, you will receive power. And we receive encouragement from him. That's Acts 9.31. The church was encouraged by the Holy Spirit, we have the right attitude. John chapter 7, 38 and 39 says, Jesus said the Holy Spirit would be living water flowing from our hearts. He gets rid of that guilt-ridden legalistic attitude and replaces it with a renewed, joy-filled attitude of gratitude, regardless of our circumstances, if we keep our eyes focused on who? On God not on ourselves. That gives us the attitude of gratitude. Comfort, John chapter 14, verse 26. Jesus sent the Holy Spirit to be our comforter and our helper. He also gives us endurance. That's found in 1 Thessalonians 1, 3. Paul thanks God for the steadfastness and endurance that Jesus gives to the church through the Holy Spirit. We can't see far in the future. But we can trust that God has us in the palm of his hand. Warren Wearsby, and I probably said it wrong, he was pastor of Moody Church in Chicago in the 70s wrote, there's no middle ground. Either we yield our heart and mind to the spirit and practice right praying, thinking, and living, or we yield to the flesh and find ourselves torn apart by worry. Which way are you yielding? Are you yielding to the flesh? Or are you yielding to the spirit? So, let's go back to where we started from at the very beginning. What are you anxious about today? What is keeping you from having the joy of rejoicing in your life today? These ingredients that I've given you today will speak to whatever the thing is that you need in your life right now. Praise Jesus today, no matter what you're facing. Remember, he's got us. Stand on the promise that Jesus is coming again. We haven't seen that yet, but we know in our hearts that's his promise. The scripture says to keep praying, keep bringing our petitions, keep giving thanks for what God has done in your life. Let the peace of Christ flood your heart. Rejoice. Possess the peace of God. As we conclude our service today, if anyone would like to become a member of Monument Heights Baptist Church or accept Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord or would like to talk to me or one of our other Chris or Ann or someone else, Sean's not here, but you can reach him uh, via his email or the office phone, uh, and you can contact all of us that way. Our, our phone number and email addresses are in the, on the website. So you can contact us. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to talk with you and share with you Christ's love. Um, I'll be at the, at the back uh, today regarding that as well. So I want to thank you for listening to me today. Before we have our prayer, there are some folks that we need to lift up. I've been talking with Chuck Boshan. His mother is in ICU in critical condition. He's asked us, he's asked me to ask you all to pray for him and his brother as they make decisions about Phyllis, and what uh, lies ahead in the future. And some of you all may know that my wife's mother, Betty Chandler, is in hospice right now. We covet your prayers for that. Let us go to the Lord in prayer. Lord, as we come before you, we bring our petitions to you. We bring our needs. We bring Phyllis Boshan to you. We bring Betty Chandler to you. Lord, you know what's going on in their lives and what is best. I ask that you be uh, with Chuck and his brother as they make the decisions that need to be made and be with... uh, Betty's family at this time in her life. Lord, there are many requests that are out in the congregation, some that we might know, some that are unspoken. We lift all of these up to you. We lift our church up to you and its future. We ask that you would lead, guide, and direct us as only you can. And we give thanks for where, how far you have led us, what you have done in our lives. Thank you, O Lord. In his precious and holy name I pray. Amen.